Before we begin today's show, one of the best parts of the Hoop Collective podcast is the debates that we have. This is the best. I think when I go on monologues, that's the best part. Especially when we get the A-team together. We love to ask the question, who is the best? Who is the real deal of the NBA? We're not going to have any of those discussions this week. Don't tell anybody. But when it comes to home and auto insurance, there's only one real deal. Whatever your opinion may be, there's one thing everyone can agree on. There's nothing more real than a teammate you can rely on. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And as you know, the voice you hear on this podcast are some of ESPN's top insiders, except for McMahon. So here's some breaking news for you. Scott's Turf Builder Thicker Lawn is a three-in-one solution to getting the perfect lawn you've always wanted. Why? Because they've obtained the solution to getting a thick, lush green lawn in exchange for all your hard work. A pretty sweet deal for both sides. Scott's Turf Builder Thicker Lawn has everything you need to turn your lawn into the thick green paradise that you deserve. With its three-in-one solution, you can get up to a 50% thicker lawn with just one application. With Scott's Turf Builder Thicker Lawn, you can finally get the thickest, greenest lawn you've always dreamed of. Get thicker quicker. This is a Scott's Yard. Grab a bag today. This is a Scott's Yard. This is a Scott's Yard. Also, Scott's no-quibble money-back guarantee says if you're not satisfied, you get your money back. And one final thing. Of course, we'll be spending a lot of time on today's podcast talking about the NBA's potential return. But if you want more of that speculation, I strongly suggest you check out Wednesday's episode of the ESPN Daily Podcast. Our friend Ramona Shelburne tells Mina Kimes all the latest about the Disney plan, which sounds like some sort of meal plan, but actually has a whole new connotation now. The financial ramifications and so much more. ESPN Daily. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Hook Collective Podcast. We are going to talk about the NBA with Jackie McMullen, who is joining us from Boston. Jackie, I hope you are doing well. I am. Thank you. Our numbers are going down here. Social distancing is working. I'm glad to hear that. That is not the case where I live. Uh, McMahon, band McMahon joining us from Dallas. How are the numbers in Texas? I heard not so good. Uh, things are reopening and it's... Uh... We will see. We will see. All right. I'm, uh, I'm staying. I'm quiet. an expert at social distancing, though. <laughs> yeah, you always have that. Um, woo! Talk about the NBA here. Um, <laughs> and so- sometimes Tim's personal life. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's not get into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I like my favorites are his stories about his uh, high school days at the military academy or the boarding. Was in the military academy? Boarding school. Boarding I'm school. sorry. You're right. Sorry. Uh, the next step was military academy. No, that wrong. that was the other option that was presented to me. Okay, about, that's right. Where where does detention center come in? <laughs> uh, there was a, a night here or there. All right. I see. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, um, so. Things are we're moving in fits and starts. Um, things like started going at warp speed. I was talking to um, a team president today, and he told me like uh, we thought it was going to be June fifteenth, and we were sort of gearing towards June fifteenth, and then last Friday, all of a sudden, it looked like it was going to be June first, and so we were you know going breakneck speed the last three days. And now it looks like it may be later than June first, certainly, and maybe towards June fifteenth before we know anything. 
um, which just goes along to my point that I've said before and I'll say again is that the NBA is making this up as they go along. And I am not saying that to mock them. I, I don't know if they have a choice. Um, but they are making it up as they go along. And um, I think Damian Lillard had interesting comments to Chris Haynes from Yahoo where he said, I, I don't think this is a controversial statement, although it seemed like it got a lot of reaction, that if he did not want to come back and play if the games were going to be meaningless. In other words, the Blazers, uh, who were who are in ninth place in the West, if they didn't have a chance to make the playoffs, he didn't feel the need to, to play. Jackie, I, I don't, I'm not really surprised by that. I mean, I mean, if that is the case, I, I would think that a lot of guys wouldn't want to play. Right, but you have to look at it from the public's point of view. Everybody is thirsting for live sports. These players make a lot of money, millions and millions of dollars. And if you're the average fan and the average person who would kill to go back to their minimum wage job in some cases – they don't understand why you wouldn't go back to work. Now, I thought Dame framed it very well. He was saying he'd go to practice. He wants to be part of the team. But I can understand he was worried about injury. Now, here's my question, and I don't know the answer because I haven't talked to Dame. Was it inherent in his answers that he has concerns about returning to a league that presents obvious risks to this virus? He never mentioned that. He couldn't so, have been that worried about it because he said he would go into the bubble. So, Well, that's right. So – that, I think, is why it generated conversation. I think if he had said, hey, the risk is too great and the reward is too little, I, I don't want to risk my health and the, the health of my family to go back and play. But that really wasn't what he was saying. What he was saying was, if I'm not playing for something, look, I'm all about winning here. Uh, I don't know if I want to come back. And I think some people, uh, the general public, says, well, wait a minute, dude. You get paid a lot of money. You should play out the string. If it were a regular season – and, uh, you know, the, you, your team was out of it. You'd have to finish the season. Now, I disagree no, with that. Wouldn't. <laughs> no, wouldn't. Well, would. I disagree with that because I do think it would be different if your team is – and, and you know, again, the Golden State Warriors, if in fact the Warriors end up, you know, having to play in some scenario, which would only be if all 30 teams are included, why would you put Steph Curry back out there? He only played one game after his injury. So that makes some sense. And if, if Dame wants to preserve his health, Going forward, I would understand that too. But I actually talked to a coach today that had a very interesting point, a coach that's out of the race that said originally he was leaning towards, oh, maybe I don't want to play. And then he said, you start to do the count the numbers, Brian and Tim and Andrew and Troy and everyone else that's listening. And he started realizing eight months off. That's right. way too long for my team. I'm now in favor of coming back, having a little mini camp play a little bit, get my guys some sea legs, have a mini training camp, and then, yes, okay, we'll be done. But if you're going to start in December, which everyone believes we will, mm -hmm. uh, re restart in December the following year, that's almost eight months off, guys. Do the math. That's a long you know, time. I don't know if we talked to the same coach today, but I also had a conversation with a coach of a team that is, you know, all but, even in, even in the Cuban plan scenario, would be all but mathematically uh, eliminated. And just like you said, he does not want his guys to go eight or nine months without playing. Uh, even even the young guys, you know, they, is there going to be, you know, a fall version of a summer league? Like nobody knows that. That's all up in the air. And so, you know, the, he, he wants his at least his young guys to be able to get out there and, and practice and, you know, go through uh, a, a camp and to play in some competitive games. Now, look. 
are there going to be vets that are, are on those teams that, that would probably not want to play or maybe would want to play limited minutes or whatever? Yeah, sure. But, um, you know, and, and you had Travis Link, the Hawks, uh, GM or whatever his official title is, tell Woj that, you know, he wants the Hawks to be able to, to play for those same reasons. Um, you know, Steve Kerr made it clear that the Warriors <laughs> would be just fine if they weren't involved in this, but I think there are several teams that wouldn't make the top 20 cut or even the top 24 cut that, uh, that do see benefit of being part of this. What can you tell me? Cause I've lost track of all this stuff. What is the Cuban plan? So Cuban wants, and I'll, I'll just give the cliff notes version. All 30 teams back play five to seven games of, to wrap up the regular season, basically try to fulfill as many of the local TV contracts as possible. That's obviously a, a major financial motivation. Um, and then you take the top 10 from each conference, so 10 East, 10 West, reseed at 1 through 20. The bottom four face each other either in single game or best of three series. My head's Winners already hurting. I know. I'm trying to make it simple. So 17 versus 20, 18 versus 19. Winners of those play 15 and 16 for the last two playoff seeds. Boom going to the playoff bracket. So there's three major motivations to the Cuban plan. One, fill local TV contracts, the finances. Two, um, competitive fairness. You know, teams like the Blazers would, you know, almost certainly have a chance to to uh, earn their way into the playoff bracket in this case. Certainly would be almost probably part of the, um, the play-in. And three, to come up with a play-in scenario where the seventh seed in the Western Conference, Dallas Mavericks, don't have to uh, don't have any risk. <laughs> the the right. three wasn't said out loud. <laughs> so right. I just think too gimmicky, right? I mean, I understand that Adam Silver's innovative and has always wanted to try different things, but that to me is, it's just, we, we, we keep saying we don't want the season to have an asterisk. That's a great way to put an asterisk right next to whoever well, wins. And it's funny because I asked him, uh, well, what do you think of this World Cup style you know, group stage? And he said that that would, um, what was his, he said it would take the value away from the regular season. I don't know. Maybe you combo it. Maybe you, I don't know. Do you bring back all 30? Obviously, there's safety issues with that anyway. Um, but, you know, maybe if you get to that top 20 cut or the 10 and 10 cut, then you go into a group stage that way. But the thing, the other thing, the other thing that he had as a motivation for his plan that I shouldn't overlook is you can't, you know, people say, well, one through 16, let's go. You can't just ask these guys after, what, three or four months off of bat, four months off of basketball to, hey, season's back. The playoffs are starting. Like, you, you're, you don't want the first round of the playoffs right. to be crap basketball. Right. Put these guys which is, which is why I, you know, the, the more people I talk to, the more people I, the more I'm convinced that, it is not going to be 30 teams, but it is going to be more than straight to a 16-team playoff. Um, and Brian, yeah. Brian, I don't know about you, but people keep pushing back at me, too, on this idea of making sure they make that 70-game local playoff. I think we've made too much of that, all of us. Well, I, keep- <laughs> I, I think there's t- – like I know for a fact that Cuban is very, very adamant about that, and he ain't alone among teams I've talked to. 
Yeah, so, but I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the people that are going to be making the decisions. Yeah. So yeah. let me just let me just you know let, let me just say a few things here. Number one, every team is in a little bit of a different situation. It's difficult to paint with a broad brush. A lot of their deals are similar because they're all owned. They're you know the Fox regionals are right, a lot right. of the deals are similar. Uh, here's a little bit of an uncomfortable truth. We touched on this in the last podcast. Uh, a little bit. And um, this is why I was kind of surprised that Michelle Roberts, she gave an interview to Ramona Shelburne and told Ramona that the that they may be able to ratify whatever the league pitches without a, a vote amongst the players. It is my understanding, and this gets complicated with high finance, and I'm not – please do not take what I say as a gold standard. But if you don't play any regular season games – in other words, this is immediately advanced to some playoffs, whether that playoffs in quotes is 20 teams or whatever. And you basically wipe the regular season. The NHL just did this where the, yeah. uh, they said, we're going to go to 24 teams. The regular season is over. It's important that they said that if, if they do that, it's going to save the teams a lot of money. And here's why players only get paid for the regular season. They do get a bonus depending on how well they do in the playoffs, but that bonus is taken from the TV money. It's not coming out of the team's pocket. So if, if, so every single regular season game that gets played in this season means the players are going to earn the game check and the teams are not going to be able to sell ticket revenue. Right. If they cancel the rest of the regular season, they're not going to have to pay the players as much money. Exactly. And, and the savings that they get from that, not in all 30 cases, because the Lakers, for example, what they get for each individual game is a lot different than what the, the uh, Hornets get. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of cases, that's going to still be a net benefit. Exactly. Yeah. You guys are making my point for me, though. That's why you can't, you know, you can't unilaterally say we'll get everybody to 70. It can't work that way. I don't think anybody's trying an end run here, but you know, not playing regular season games has, I mean, saying a benefit is, you know, cause we're dealing with, we're dealing with the red here. We're dealing with losses. We're not like, Oh, now I have money in my pocket, but every regular season game that gets played potentially could be a loss for some teams. Okay. So, but a major win for other teams, depending on TV deals. That's true. And, and, and again, you can't go straight to the playoffs. You like, okay. You so that's do why that. All right. So, well, so, well, you might have to, Tim. You might have a three or four week training camp and, and go to the playoffs. That and, might just and, be how it and, is. And when, and when, you know, I'm not even going to say someone's name because I don't want to jinx him. But when superstar X pulls his hammy in the first round, that's on. That's on you for not. Having I know, it. but that's well, listen. True. No matter what you do, there's going to be a scenario in which something bad is going to happen, and everybody's going to say, "See, we shouldn't have done it that way." That's going to be true of every scenario. You're right. And and here's the balance that you have if you're Adam Silver. And ultimately, this is going to fall in his lap, I think. You're trying to balance the safety of protecting your players from the virus. And if it's 16 teams, it's less than 30. It's less than 24. What what is better? Is Is playing a couple of games better than getting a little bit of extra protection? I don't know if there's a right answer there. Um. Adam Silver is communicating to people that he really would like to have all 30 teams back. Now, I speculate, and I will say it again, I speculate that he's doing that to show his work so that when it's some teams get the short end of the stick here, 
you know, it mitigates it a little bit. But I know he's saying that to people. I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, speculate similar to predicting. No, I, it's, I'm trying to avoid the word report colon with my name, okay, if you want me to be 100% clear. Okay. Um, but I'm not making it up out of, this, out of the side of my neck is what I'm saying. Ooh, um, that sounds painful. Yeah, well, I, this is, it's a painful process I have to go There through. could be more painful places to make something up, I would think, but right. just keep it moving. So oh. then, then there's the other idea of going straight to the playoffs of 16 teams. That's certainly on the table. But I think that there is support for the middle path, yes, which is a 20 or 24th team uh, pool play, uh, World Cup style pool play, which I've been, which has been several people have talked about this and explained what this is. I don't, if it was the exact same as the World Cup, and I don't know if it would be, it's just in the survey they sent to the GMs, they described it as a World Cup style. And since Adam Silver is a big uh, soccer fan, I'm not surprised that that's how it would be described. The idea would be... Are you speculating you, that he's a soccer fan? Or no, you? this I know. This I know. Um, in, in that scenario, you would take the 20 teams or 24 teams. It would either be four groups of five if it's 20 teams or four groups of six if it's 24 teams. Um, and you would take and break them into different uh, tiers. So tier one would be the top four teams, which would be the Bucks, the Lakers, the Clippers, and is that the, then the Raptors? And those four teams would make up tier one. And each one of those pods would get one tier one team. And then the next four teams... And then the next four. And so you'd get all those tiers. And then you'd play um, a round robin, uh, maybe one meeting or two. If you, if you had 20 teams and you, you use this system, let me give you an example of what it would look like. So you'd have a, you know, an example of a pod would be the Lakers, uh, Nuggets, Mavericks, uh, Pacers, Kings would be kind of what it would look like. And those teams would all play each other. And the top two teams from that pool, once the records would be established, would advance to the second round of the NBA playoffs. So you would cut from 20 to 8. And the way I've had it described to me, and other, you know, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer has written about this, Zach Lowe has written about it a little bit. Um, they would play each other twice. So if it was 20 teams, First round of the playoffs essentially would be this pool play, and you would play eight games, and the top two records would move on to the second round, the final eight, and then there would be a seven-game series. Um, now, the, you know, I have no idea whether it would be interconference or, or what have you, and if it's six teams, then you would play ten games. Um, but the thing that this makes interesting is that in this way, every team would be guaranteed eight games. Mm-hmm. Uh, every game would matter. But if it came out of the but every game, every team that every team of the twenty because ten are, are sitting home and watching it on TV. That's correct. Every team of the twenty would have a chance to advance to the second round. Um, every game would matter. But if you came out and you were flat and you and you kicked a game as as opposed to a play in turn, where it might be single elimination, you'd have a chance to recover. And I don't know how all the tiebreaker rules would go in there. Um, you know. Uh, and all that. I mean, that's for another here nor there. But that's one of the concepts that has been floated. And at least that way, 
you know, if you're Damian Lillard, if if you're the um, the Trailblazers, I mean, you're going to probably be a a number five seed. You're going to be a number five seed. So you're going to have four teams with better records in your pod. You're going to have to go win it. But it, you know, Damian Lillard could play his way into the second round of the playoffs, um, and they would oh, be and, highly and, incentives. Yeah, and the Blazers are huge beneficiaries, especially if Collins and Nurkic are back. Uh, Lillard's had time to rest his groin. The Pelicans are huge beneficiaries. I mean, the teams that were, you know, trying to catch the Grizzlies <laughs> in the West would it'd be a yeah. huge break for them. That it's said, just, that said, the Grizzlies wouldn't be compl- like the Grizzlies would still get eight games to prove that they're better. It, it wouldn't be like yeah. you would not, you would now play one or two games and you're hey, done. The problem with that, though, and I'm just playing devil's advocate, is that so you you get lumped into these pods these groups and we've said it a thousand times so let's say it one more time that the nba is all about matchups that's right so you might be a team that was having a really good year that had a chance that designed their team a certain way based on the potential matchups in their division and their conference sure and now that's and that's not now that's all well, out the window maybe it would be intercom maybe you would play within your own conference maybe i mean that's i don't know yeah, I don't and know, it, but I just, I'm just throwing that the, out. The other question is, is that would you get reseeded based on your record? Like, let's, you know, let's say the Pel- let's say yeah. Damian comes out of the gates and has three 50 point games and the Trailblazers win their way in their pool. They like upset whomever and they go from a five seed and they get the number two spot in their pool and they advance. Are they the eight seed, uh, when they come back? Um, I think you have to recede by records. You know, it's interesting because I've talked to executives who are like, hey, I I hope the NBA, you know, gets really creative and tries something like this. And then I've talked to others who are like, yeah, I I highly doubt they do something. I know. I I spent a lot of time talking. I spent a lot of time talking about just now, but it doesn't mean I support it. I'm just telling you what that's what it would look like. I mean, it just feels a little too radical. At this I agree, point, Jackie. I, I, at I, this point of the season, after you know, if I'm the Bucks or the Lakers, I'd be so mad. <laughs> I would be the so only mad. Th- the only thing I will say is that it guarantees eight games. No, I know, but and, and it guarantees no. your your regional sports network because those those they're allowed to broadcast first round games. It means that the Nets would get eight games, and instead of sitting on fifty nine, the Yes Network would get sixty seven games. Uh, no matter what happens with the Nets. Um, but but I don't know how they would determine. Would they? Because the, wouldn't most of these or a lot of these games be on national TV? Or how's that work? Yeah, well, that's, that's a good question. So in the first round, um, the only games that uh, are sure. that are totally blacked out are the ABC national games. I don't know how they would do how they would do that. But you know, right. you know, it's but isn't not, that all? But isn't all that up for grabs too? I suppose, Jack. I mean, that's all. Yes. Up for I'll, I'll too. put it this way: this this way, in, in a normal first round series uh, across the NBA, there's typically eight um, series. Okay, um, and what's the average? Is it five and a half games? Is the average for each series? You know, you're going to have a number of four ones. You're going to have some some sweeps. You'll have you know a couple of five sure. sixes. You'll have one or one sure. or two sevens. You know, you're looking at probably getting 55, 40, 50 to 55 games. I don't have the data in front of me on what they get. This way, I think it's 80 games. If you went with 20 teams, it's 80 games. Um, 
24 it, would be... But what? I guess what I'm saying is if I'm ESPN or ABC and I'm your partner and I've been losing money, millions and millions and millions, hand over fist, and then you come up with this format and you say, oh, yeah, by the way, you guys, you, you're not, you don't get anything in the first no, round. No, 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 Jackie. Their games will be on ESPN. It would just also be on Yes and also be on Oh, okay. Fox, that's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I'd be like, are you no. kidding me? Okay. No, no. And and let me tell you what. Because that's, that's not a pretty fan. But thing. here's the problem. This, that's what happens in the first rounds anyway. The only games that are exclusive in the first round are the ABC games. Now, let me just say that how do you get to 20, though? Because if you just go by the straight records – because to me, because this is what I've already heard, all right? I have already heard people in this league say this is an elaborate game to get Zion Williamson into this bubble. Huh. Um, but however you get and, to 20, he's in. Well, if it's, you, if it's 10 and 10 or if it's top 20 or whatever. Uh, I mean, the not necessarily. They're, they're tied for 10th. <laughs> they're tied for 10th uh, with the Kings. Um, and so – if you go by straight records, so you know in the in the East, the number nine team is uh, Washington. They're twenty four and forty. They would fall all the way back to number fourteen in the West. So if in Woj and yeah. Ramona had a story today where they mentioned this, where there would probably be more West teams than East teams if you went by straight record to get to that twenty. Yeah, it's twelve and eight. You're, you're, but see, you're, that to me is uneven too because teams in the West and teams in the East are playing completely I, different opponents. Well, I, mean, I agree. You're just not going to be fair to everybody. But I'll tell you one thing. That scenario gets Zion Williamson in. That scenario gets well, Damian Lillard in. And look, if you take top 24, then I'm sorry. If you're a bottom six, you don't have a – like at some point, there's just no complaints here. If you're one of the bottom six teams, like if you don't make a, a 24 cut, tough. I do think, though, for all this talk about like World Cup and reseeding and that, I bet you it'll be East and West, maybe with some sort of play in. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I have just heard that. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that the NBA is going this route. I'm just saying that I've already heard the scenario. No matter what happens, it'll be the cutoff line will be will be the Pelicans. They'll be in. Oh, for sure. And I said, and I said, well. Then it will be the first time in the history of the NBA that that the that the league kicked the ball into the fairway for New Orleans. Um, yeah, long uh, overdue, long overdue. So, but I mean, well, so other, when you look other, at this, other than, other than vetoing the CP3 to the Lakers trade, can I uh, can I make one point about the Pelicans and Zion? Though um, I feel like in all of these conversations, no one mentions the fact that. If the regular season played out as originally scheduled, the Grizzlies had the hardest remaining strength of schedule and the Pelicans had the easiest one. So it's totally plausible that Zion and the Pelicans would have made it in anyways. Yeah, it was plausible, but, suppose, but, but plausible, but not possible. They also you know had a I mean? three and a, well, they also had a three and a half game lead. I mean, that's not enough. Somebody with Disney stock in my 401k, I sure as hell ain't bitching about Zion being on national TV a bunch this <laughs> summer. The other thing is, um, how do you arrange these pods? I mean, whether you're going to draw them out of a hat or whatever, because while we, while we, that's what they do for the World Cup, Jackie. I know. It would be a good TV uh, uh, product. If, like, a lot of people have spent a lot of time focusing on, Eight, nine, ten, eleven in the West. But let 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 me just remind you 
that the difference between the number four seed Jazz and the number seven seed Mavericks is one game in the win column, at least. In the loss column, the Mavericks have played, have three more losses or four more losses than the Jazz. But in the win column, it's one victory. The Jazz are 41 and 23. And then Oklahoma City is 40 and 24, tied with Houston 40 and 24, then Dallas 40 and 27. Uh, that could potentially be a big factor because Dallas, as a seven seed, potent, you know, that would be, they would be a, a number four, you know, tier team. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, that's a bigger reason why this play in for, like, is it fair to Dallas? Who's sitting there forty and twenty-seven? Who's seven games better than Memphis? Who is? Well, yeah, they're closer in the standings to the two seed than the eight seed. Right? Is it fair to them? You know, this. See, I speculate. You hear that again? I just speculate. Cuban's got a plan because this is a bad deal. Well, well you're damn right. Cuban came up with a huge plan. Again, it was finances competitive fairness, and to make sure the freaking Mavericks don't have to participate in any play-in tournament. So he came up with this elaborate play-in tournament that did not include the Mavericks. And that's, you know, not a coincidence. Um, oh, boy. So let me ask you this. Um, ha- I don't follow all the social media. Have you been following? Has, is Luca uh, active on social media? <laughs> I don't know if he's tweeted since – or uh, IG'd since uh, – he did post the picture of him flying to Slovenia. Um, but he will – look, him and, and uh, Porzingis are flying back next week. Oh, okay. he, he has a few times. He's, all right. He had, to, he had to tease his little Jordan release, and there's some video game crapola. All right, so here's a, here's a question that is just out there. What sort of physical condition are these dudes coming back in? So they're – uh, there were rumors that Luca and look, anytime Luca goes overseas and people don't see him, there's going to be these rumors. How oh, man, Luca's, you know, he's he's beefing up again. You know, he's he's looking puffy. Da, da, da. The, the, that rumor was out there. I asked, uh, you know, I asked some folks with the Mavs about it, and I was told that you know he looks looks fine on their Zoom calls. He's been working out and he's actually been playing pickup ball over in Slovenia. So, but it's not just Luca. I mean, Luca definitely is on the list. You know, Jokic, Embiid. Uh, is Jokic overseas? It doesn't matter. <laughs> He's just know. talking about the physique of the player and you the know. conditioning of the player. Right. Fair points. Fair questions. Um, you know, and guys, you know that we don't even know. You know, I mean, uh, I mean that's a huge factor. You know, I, I thought it was interesting. The um, the the Clippers came up with a. Uh, you know, their slogan is win the weight. I don't know if their players have yeah. listened to it, but like there's some psychology in place. Uh, you know, the, there's this discussion of this asterisk and I think it's a shallow discussion because part of the reason why, why winning this, if, if we get to it, if it, if it comes back and we dodge the virus and we can have a championship is, is overcoming this incredibly challenging thing. Like you said, Jackie, you're worried about how they were conditioned and stuff they're going to be in. That's part of the challenge of, right. Yeah, of getting the title here, and I think I a, a, a big factor, as much of a factor, is where your what what the playing agenda might be, or or whether it's a one through sixteen seed, or if it's by conference or whatever, is are your star players or are your key players coming back in condition, right? To play? And you know, most 
most great coaches and great players would tell you, I don't care who I have to play because we have to beat everybody to get there to win it all. So just bring it on. That's what all the, the elite players, that's the way they think and that's the way they talk and that's the way they behave. So let me ask you, you this. Know, does, uh, does Washington or, or Charlotte, who are ninth and 10th in the East, you know, I should point out that Washington and ninth is five and a half games back right. of the Magic. Do they have a beef like, wait a minute. I know that, you know, we don't have as quite as good of a record as the Kings. Right. Why should the Kings in 11th get in when we're in? I think they do have a beef. I think they do have a beef. And I've actually talked to both Tommy Shepard and Scotty Brooks in the past, you know, few weeks. And they both want to come back. They want to come back and play. They have young players. And and again, I, I mentioned this idea of being off for too long of a time. When, when I did that story early on about the coaches, Frank Vogel, I thought it was so interesting. He was talking about how he was treating this pandemic, this this uh, this stoppage as an off season. And he was instructing his players to do the same. And he had them u- using off season workouts, not in season conditioning and mm-hmm. playing. I thought that was very smart of Frank Vogel. And I think if you're the Wizards or any other team, if, and Steve Kerr too, if you stop to look at it, you're going to say eight months is a long time. And I don't think that's beneficial to my team. Yeah, look, I I understand the Wizards and and the Hornets, like, would they have a beef? Sure. And I understand, you know, they feel like, hey, we want to be part of this. We should be part of this, all that. But at the same time, I'm not going to wear out the strings on my violin playing sad music (laughs) if the freaking Wizards and Hornets are are involved. There's 16 and 18 games below 500. I mean, right. Like, And and look, I mean, (laughs) nobody outside of Washington and Charlotte really cares. Well, I, I disagree with that. I think people. Well, I mean, by the way, it's it's been said that John Wall is not going to play. No, no. Uh, yeah. But well, uh, that would be suicide to play him. Suicide. I agree. I just I'm just pointing it out. All right. So real quick, um, regardless of how this, we don't really know how the seating's going to go, and we don't really know play in tournament or whatever. Who do we think benefits? Some of these are very obvious, but who do we think benefits from this layoff? What are the teams that benefit? Like I, I just, I mean, it's pretty, pretty clear that a team like the 76ers benefits because Ben Simmons was, we weren't sure when he was coming right. back, and he's coming back. Well, unless benefit, maybe the Sixers benefit unless we don't know how Joel Embiid comes back. Right. That's the other side of that. You can say Portland benefits because they maybe get Nurkic back and Collins, and yet. If they don't benefit because they don't have a chance, they didn't get a chance to play out their season and prove they belong legitimately at a spot in the West. You could take a million teams and, and could give pros and cons for almost all of them. I think the Rockets benefit because they were on fumes when the season stopped. So they've had time to get their legs back under them, you know, catch their breath, look at some of the ways the team started to counter. Uh, you know, the, the extreme small ball and, and, you know, come back and see what they can do. So what about a team like the Indiana Pacers? Oladipo was just beginning to show, you know, he, he really did, he really had a sort of a rocky comeback from that terrible injury. You know, they're in fifth place. Um, he was just beginning to get his legs back underneath him. I mean, that's a, that's a team that nobody talks about. Well, well, Um, but like, how do you feel about it if you're the Pacers? So he was coming back off this gruesome injury. You're trying to 
play them in the proper way. They were very conservative with them, and who can blame them? I don't blame them. And you kind of, you wean him back into your lineup, and then there's a stoppage again. Now what do you do? Do you treat him like every other player? I don't. Well, believe it or not, the Pacers were kind of the hottest <laughs> team in the East. When every, I mean, they, we were very right. quietly playing but, the best but basketball. Po- but my point is, Brian, you had a player who was working himself back in, and now, boom, abruptly, it's stopped. Now, do you just when you come back, is Victor Olabi? You just say, "Oh, he's all set." He's I mean, back. I, I think you know it's his responsibility to be ready to play. He's cleared to play. I mean, he's no, got to play. No, I know that. I'm not saying that. I, I, you're mis- I don't think you understand what I'm saying. It's it's a process to get yourself back and ready to play. And when you get to that point, and then and then abruptly it stops again. Where where is he at? Where's his head at? Where's his body like, at? Are, are, is he? At- is he a starting, you know, starting minutes level guy? Right. Do you have to really manage him carefully? Right, right. Jim's I do feel like, I'm after. yeah, yeah I, I do feel say I, I do feel like there's going to be a team or two that is like all of a sudden shot out of a cannon when we come back. They just they gel faster. They hit the ground running faster, and it's like, wait a minute, this is this is rocket fuel for them. The way this has played out. Um, and like the Pacers are a sneaky team, you know, like they, they could, they could be that team where it's all of a sudden like, wow, look at these guys, you know, I I don't know, but, uh, see, I'd be more apt to bet on a team like the Bucks who are so hungry to win, have so much riding on whether they win and how fast they win because the best player in the game plays for them and is trying to decide what to do about his future. And now I don't even know what all of this means in terms of his contract status. And I don't think the league and the players union have ironed all that out yet. Although Bobby Marks in that document he sent to all of us certainly gave us some good ideas about what they might do. So if you're the Bucks and you're Giannis and you know he's eating, sleeping, thinking about this, and you have a coach, Bud, who was an assistant coach with the Spurs in 99 when they had a work stoppage and saw how the, that team stayed ready, got ready, came out of the gates and won it in a shortened season. And I do think it's a it's a fair comparison. So if you're asking me who I think has the best chance at it, I'm putting my money on the Bucks. Yeah, well, they're well, also the really best team in the league. league. <laughs> I was going to say, you're really going out on a limb. You well, no, but, but, you, but I'm you, got a pretty good chance. Okay, but but aside from that, do, do you think do you think the Lakers are in the same position? I like what Frank Vogel did with the offseason pro. Where did the Clippers go? They were just starting to do something, and now I like I like the Lakers' odds, especially since LeBron's been you know holding the double secret uh, practices and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if like the whole team's been there. I think there's he's been working out with some teammates. Um, but you know the I one bet, thing about I bet a lot of I bet a lot of teams have been doing that. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, LeBron is generally never out of shape. I mean, he may say, oh, I'm not in the shape I want to be in. But um, you've never heard of LeBron having any sort of conditioning issue. No. Um, so I'm not expecting – I'm you know, I'm, I'm trying to talk about the Bucks' urgency. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, and I I think absolutely. But I also think that it's a it's – a, you know, I don't know if the 76ers can overcome their – collective issues because i think they, they needed more time to play together not to be rushed but they were a team that underachieved they underachieved all along they were they were misfits and everything like that they getting a fresh start fully healthy they, they are not a team that should be in sixth place and they're sixth to play place. them in a first round I, in a round robin not me 
Well, the only thing is, you know, the, the thing is that they lose their 29 and two home court advantage because it's not going to be able to play at home. However, as I said all along, if a team is 29 and two, I don't care where the games are. They are good. If you're good enough to go 29 and two at home, you can do anything. And this may be an opportunity for them to do that, to do anything. And, uh, you know, obviously, and, and the, the big question mark is what the, 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 the problem is there's no social distancing and their offense are spacing so bad that they could use some social. Actually, unfortunately they do use social distancing. They're only six feet apart and they need to <laughs> usually be about 15 feet apart. Right. Um, so, and then the Nets, I don't know. I mean, we talked about this last week. I, I don't know what's going to happen there. I, I'll just stick with the party line that they're not going to play, but I mean, this really does sound like it's not coming back till late July, which means that's 13 months off for Durant and Kyrie. He had the surgery in February, so that's six months off for him or something like that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, what's, the, what's the normal timetable in that surgery recovery? Do you, is it a four- to six-month type thing? I think or? so. I think yeah. so, yeah. So hmm. I don't know, like a- anybody could say anything to me and I would say, okay, fine. Like you say, don't risk it. Okay, fine. Um, but on the other hand, you know, if the guy is healthy enough to play and he's got a, he's, he's on the same footing as everybody else. I don't know. I think it's easy to just to say he's not going to, because they want to shut down speculation. Yeah. He's not going to play, but um, the, the guy's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable player. He could potentially change everything in the Eastern Conference if he plays, and everybody is 100% aware of that. Um, you know, and knowing, just knowing how he is, I just, I'd be stunned if he doesn't want to play. It doesn't mean he will, but I'd right. be stunned if he doesn't want to play. Um, the Clippers got a, get a strange advantage here. Hmm. It's a little bit uncomfortable to talk about because it sort of insults the Clippers fans. But they were going to have to play the Lakers probably. You know, they could have been upset, but they are, they are the number one and number two teams in the, in the West. They were probably going to have to play the uh, Lakers in a series where they would have had seven de facto road games. Um, now they will play them on a neutral court, a truly neutral court. Um, also the Clippers, you know, they may not play them. I don't know how it's going to go, but in the event that they play the Lakers, they would, they would not have to play them in, you know, in front of Laker fans. The other See, this thing is where they should have one fan per team and then Clipper Daryl will give them a huge advantage. <laughs> right. Um, they should do like what they did on the NFL draft where they just have all the fans on zoom. <laughs> right. Um, the other thing is, uh, that the Clippers are, have, if not the deepest team in the league, one of the deepest teams in the league. And I speculate, again, that depth will matter here because I don't know how good a condition everybody's going to be in. And the deeper team that you have may make a difference. So the Clippers may emerge from this with a little bit of an edge versus this, the hand that they had been dealt during the regular season. Um, although the Clippers, you know, knowing knowing them, they'll just sit Kawhi throughout the whole any pool play games, and they'll be like, "We'll we'll advance on our right. own," and then and then uh, he'll play. But um, it certainly didn't hurt Kawhi to get this time off. Either. Yeah, but I I think I, so. That's why I think if they do come back, it 
Kawhi might play regular minutes. Well, as much as anyone's going to play regular minutes in the beginning, they're going to be careful with everyone. So I, I kind of think I would push back on that a little bit. I don't think they'll be resting him anymore. I think they'll let him loose. I don't know. There's well, a possibility I, that they would play back-to-backs. I was that, just going to say, do you think you I think really he might think be they past would? that. Yeah, I think I, they might be past that point, I but I don't know. I don't, I don't, know. I don't, I think, play, I don't think he'll play back-to-backs ever again. I, I don't think – I'd be surprised if they schedule back. I mean, I know there's, a, there's scheduling challenges, but to ask guys to come back off of uh, essentially a four-month layoff and have back-to-backs – well, when 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 Bomb Temps and I um, tracked this and projected what it would be, we built in no back to backs, and but 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 only one day off because you know it's not going to first right. round things where you're there's not travel days, yeah, right. And there's also not first round where you play one game in five days. Um, right. We thought the playoffs would go a max of fifty five days. Um, if they if start, Bomb Temps did that math. I hope you checked it. It's a fair point. If you start late July, like this may be tracking towards, and you want to finish by Labor Day, which maybe they don't. That's been sort of an unofficial target. Um, you, if there's pool play, you may need back-to-backs to do that. Uh, if you if you don't care about Labor Day, um, then you know you you don't you don't mind going into later into September, uh, and you don't mind going. Yeah, up just against don't the schedule NFL. on college football Saturday and, and NFL Sundays. Okay, well, I'm just just saying that you know that other the other reason is is you know the less time in the bubble, the better chances of being safe. But they're already making sacrifices for that, such as you know agreeing to let the players' families in at least limitedly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the, the that they're even talking about twenty or twenty four teams. You know, if you were strictly going for safety, you would you would go with sixteen teams in three game series. Um, but it's, you know, they're, they're, they're hedging. They're, they're doing their best to mitigate the risks, but, um, uh, but you know, if you, if you do play a, if you're in the bubble for a shorter time, it's less opportunity for people to get sick. So less, less tests you have to take, less stress, less time away, all that stuff. So I don't, I don't know how that figures into the arithmetic, but, but it's in there. Um, all right. Well, uh, Thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. Um, by next, uh, by next, my, my, by Sunday night, I don't know if we'll know anything. I don't know if we'll know anything by next Wednesday when this group gets back together. But sure, um, we are. We got Woj, man. Of course, we'll know. Yeah, yeah. So, we yeah, don't know Woj. if anything will be determined. We'll know more. We don't know if anything will be set. Yeah. It's got to be um, close. They've got to. They got to get close to just deciding because then you have to put everything in motion. So it's got to happen soon. The decision, maybe not the action, but the decision of what to do. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Have a good uh, week, everyone. Take care.